Okay, okay, okay. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Hope you are doing well. Welcome to today's live. We should be live on I for some good reason, Fabio. I can see myself on this computer. And I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> now it worked. Okay. Now I hope the audio is good and you can hear me. And everything seems to be working. Great. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to today's live. I hope you are enjoying a bit of the calmness that we've seen in the crypto markets over the past week. And I hope you're getting ready for the holidays, Christmas, New Year. And uh, yeah, what we want to discuss today, Fabio and myself, is reflecting a bit on 2022. Now, we're going to do this in a very special format. I have no clue what Fabio's points are going to be. I didn't share it. I, I didn't share mine. He didn't share his. And so we just kind of worked out a few kind of questions. And everyone is going to bring up an answer about the crypto markets and then a cake topic. So, for example... Biggest lesson 2022, biggest surprise, biggest achievement, biggest highlight, who was the biggest villain, who was the biggest hero, uh, what, who, what or who was the biggest disappointment, what was the biggest setback, uh, biggest regret. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe we can uh, start off with one word for 2022. Um, and again, we haven't shared any of that with each other, so it's going to be quite interesting to see what Fabio is going to share, what I'm going to share, we're going to try to, um, we're going to try to do that for the crypto markets. We're going to do it for Cake, and that's going to be the 2022 reflection episode. And then we're going to be doing a 2023 preview episode um, in the new year. So if you haven't done so already here on YouTube, I hope you have clicked subscribe and you clicked the bell icon and Twitter as well. You're following us so that you do not miss any of the good stuff. Fabio, how are you doing? Hey guys, um, I'm doing great. Um, I'm, I, I, it's either I'm I'm aging faster or in crypto the time just moves slower. But uh, it it was a crazy year. If I if I think back to January, it feels like it was ten years ago, uh, but it's not even twelve months. Uh, it's it, it's completely crazy how how fast the time moves and how how many things um, have happened. Um, I don't even know at what price we started the year. I think around 45 yep. fish, yep. something around that. Yeah, mid-40. Uh, yeah, uh, it looks a, a little bit different now. And I wouldn't <laughs> have expected uh, that we that we go lower than 20K. I don't know about you, but uh, for me, it's was still... That, if, like, was that your like the biggest surprise? What, what, what was the biggest surprise for you? Um, I guess it's a combination of two. I expected we were, we were going a lot higher. Uh, I was expecting us to to go into the six figures, and I would never have guessed that we break the two hundred weekly moving average and go below it and stay below it for a while. And also that we broke the the old all time high. Um, I would like if if somebody a year ago would have asked me if this is possible, uh, I would have said no not possible not not going to happen uh so price wise definitely a big surprise um also um i don't know when we uh, when we just talk about the crypto landscape um and how it looked a year ago or a little bit more a year than a year ago and how it looks now uh, would never have guessed that things are going to play out the way they have been especially you know i guess uh, ftx took everybody by surprise um but uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Uh, what what was the biggest surprise uh, on your side? If you asked me, let's say a year ago, and I mean, you notice I was not bullish a year ago. I, I was definitely not bearish, but I was not bullish. And you'd ask me what's going to take crypto down, then I would have said um, interest rates. I would have said generally people being... Uh, getting, getting paid during COVID for not being useful and they got tons of money and that money's getting sucked out and that just takes crypto down. I would have never thought, and that was the big surprise, that actually there was so much fraud in crypto 
which at the end really took crypto down. And I think crypto would have done way better had we not seen all that extreme fraud on all kinds of levels. And I mean, obviously FTX was the pinnacle of all that, but um, that to me is just that, that to me, that was the, the massive surprise, that honest. So I, I already thought about, so you said, what was the biggest lesson of 2021 uh, or, or maybe of the last year? And if I just include the last two months of 2021 and the whole of 2022. So one thing I'm going to change in my, in my approach, if Julian goes live on his YouTube channel and selling a, a few million of Bitcoin, I'm going to sell some as well. Uh, I, I remember that day very, very vividly because uh, on that day, um, I had several conversations. We were around 65K, ETFs came in and, and things like that. Everybody was super bullish. Um, and uh, I was having a conversation with another employee uh, because I was leveraged long uh, and I never leveraged trade. Um, so, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of the worst trader there is. If it's super bearish, I'm, I'm, um, I don't know, I, I cannot get over myself and double down in my VCA strategy. And if we, if, if, if we are at an all-time high, I want to be leveraged long. Uh, and I remember very vividly, we even uh, had a conversation about you selling so much Bitcoin. I said, that's such a stupid thing. Selling right now, uh, we're going to 100K. It's practically confirmed. Why, why the fuck would you sell? Um, and you got a lot of similar uh, comments there as well. So um, for me, it's the second cycle, the second like heavy run-up that, that, that I was part of. And at both times, I was super bullish at the top. Uh, so the next time I feel extremely bullish, I might take a, a little bit of profits. Not, not that I wanted to sell my whole stack or anything, but you know, just put some on the side uh, and maybe you know, put it into another asset. Uh, that, that would definitely be a, a lesson learned. For me, the, yeah, for me, the lesson, uh, I mean, again, I think on the, on the, on the, on the investing side, I, I, of course, I, I mean, sure. Would I have loved to sell all my crypto and go short on crypto? Sure. But I, I mean, that's unrealistic. I would have never done that. Um, I think for me, the, the real lesson uh, for me was I had this weird gut feeling when I looked at some of these companies who were doing so much profit, supposedly profit, and who supposedly did so well. And um, I know our numbers in the company inside out, and we're doing well, right? And I was like, I mean, we're doing well. How are these companies doing so much better? How is this possible? And I don't know, like these red flags, when it sounds too good to be true, that it is. And um, I mean, I think, I don't know, Fabio, did you get, um, did you get stuck on, on any of the, of the downfalls of, the, of, the, of any of the platforms? Did you, get, uh, did you lose money anywhere? I did. So one, one of the incidents was actually, uh, we had a conversation about that <clears throat> when Luna had their crash. I never had any Luna exposure, but I thought, wow, this is going down to, I think I bought at 80 cents because I thought, yeah, okay, I nothing is going to stay at zero. Nothing. And you told Man, me. Man, that was in Dubai. That was the best thing. Yes. I, I remember Fabio comes on the bus and he says, guys, guys, all in Luna now. All in. I know you didn't, but he was like, all in Luna. <laughs> nothing in crypto ever goes to zero. Nothing. It <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was it was completely stupid because I didn't oh. really understand the mechanisms behind it or anything. But it, it, the crazy thing was I bought at 80 cents or so. We had this big downfall. I bought at 80 cents and it almost went up to $10. It was at seven or at $8 or so. And I thought, okay, if we just go up another dollar or so, I'm going to sell. So I was up like 10x in profits and I, I didn't sell. Uh, I, I was up 9x and of course everything went to zero out of a thousand dollars that I put in one cent was left over um, and so uh, I, I, I you know it, for me it was just a I don't know fluke and the other I, I had some Celsius exposure uh, not a lot but um, as uh, some people might ask hey but you work for cake why why would you have any funds on Celsius um, I like to uh, stay up to date what our competitors are doing and I like to use other platforms just to see uh, how we things actually, are done there. Honestly, we actually promote that you should always diversify. I mean, I, we, we promote storing your own private key. We promote diversifying on platforms. I, we believe we do really well at Cake, but at the same time, I, we, do it, we do it well. But I would always diversify. I diversify myself and so should you. I, I think that's one of the... Didn't uh, Jesse uh, from Kraken also say that? I, uh, I mean, 
I could only agree with that. So, yeah. 100%. So I, I'm part of the chapter 11 filing. I got a lot of mail that I need to fill in forms and um, they update on a, on a regular basis. No clue if I, I will get something back, but uh, my exposure wasn't that big. And on FTX, um, the funny thing is, I'm a big Kraken guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kraken. I'm, I'm probably five, six years that I'm a customer there and never had any issues. And so during the last, during early 2020, I had a lot of conversations where people were asking, hey, what's the best exchange to trade, to buy, to sell? And I was all, always recommending Kraken. And a few times on Twitter and on Telegram, I actually got into a discussion, almost a fight, where people were saying, hey, you're stupid, you should go to FTX. They have even lower fees. And I was like, how is this even possible? Like, Kraken is such a good exchange. They have such low fees. And everybody was saying, yeah, FTX are even better. And I luckily... I, uh, I signed up for FTX, but I never used it. Um, mm. So I kind of ditched the bullet there. Uh, what about you? Yeah. Did you have any any exposure or nothing? Zero? N nothing material. Yeah. I mean, I think on, on FTX, I had some, I, I can't remember, uh, sense of, I, I don't even know what where I had this coin from. Maybe they did an airdrop or something. Um, I never used Celsius. I've never used BlockFi. Um, yeah, so I was... Uh, no, also with the company, zero material, like zero, no material exposure. So it's tricky to say zero because if there's like a an airdrop or something, or if there's like 10 cents of funds and you say zero, then it's incorrect. So I always have to say uh, non-material exposure. Um, no, definitely lucky. And But again, uh, that was uh, yeah incredible kind of lesson there for me. Um, no, uh, 100%. Do you think with all that, I, I don't know, what would be... The one word, how 2022 crypto is going to stay for you? Uh, huh. uh, just one word. Um, Let me go first. I say clean up. Clean up, yeah. So there... Uh, it, there is a meme that I shared it in the presentation. And I came across it on on um, on Twitter, and what makes me sad? It's not really one word, but it's a meme that uh, really speaks for how I feel. Um, is, uh, is we have so many people at Cake and so many people in this industry that are here, and we want to do good. We we want to do our job good. We want to provide uh, um, uh, as much transparency as possible. We want to bring uh, to financial freedom or, or inclusion to the world and, and change something that's wrong with the existing system. And what there is this one meme is the, where the dad opens the room and he comes in and he sees his son sitting on the front of the computer and said, son, how are you, how are you winning? And he says, no, I'm part of an industry that is run by clowns. And it makes me sad that there is so many companies that you know they, they, they don't put in the work and the effort that should should be um like they 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 don't manage their funds they take big risks they they're not transparent and this just makes me sad because it burns people and it puts a bad name for all the players in the industry that actually you know try to that's okay so i want to actually add uh another word that that i really feel about 2022 it's almost ashamed uh and i feel ashamed that now when i'm at events and i and people ask me what do you do like I've never been someone who pushes down people's throat that I I'm in crypto or, or something, right? Uh, but it's just actually on the flight uh, from uh, Singapore to Munich. Um, I was sitting next to someone and we started talking, and then he was like, "So what do you do?" And I said, "I'm in tech." And I really I didn't even go more in detail. And only afterwards, right, when he kept asking, I'm like, "Yeah, uh, we talked about the specifics." And I could really see how, you know, for him, crypto had this really kind of this is just a scam, like. And and and, the, and it's crazy, right? I mean, yeah, ashamed. I think ashamed is almost ashamed for the entire industry that we didn't do better. Yeah, I, I guess it's it's a really yeah, it's a great description. Uh, I I feel the same way, uh, and I guess it's true for for a lot of people that are either advocating or super active in the space. Uh, while let's say 13, 14 months ago. Uh, most of us were proud 
to be part of that yeah. industry. And we're, you know, like talking to everybody and everybody had uh, lots of interest and lots of questions. It's almost the other way around now um, that, um, yeah, if like, for example, if, if somebody asks me now what I do for a living, I say I'm, I'm in fintech, you know, like and a year ago, I probably oh, would crazy. have said I'm in crypto. Yeah, it's crazy. At the moment, it's really, really crazy um, just because, yeah, it's going to. I mean, we're going to discuss this in, in the 2023 preview. How long is this going to... Uh, maybe let's, let's, take, let's take this now. How long do you think it's going to take until like, that industry recovers in that like, the average person out there doesn't think this is a total choke run by clowns, but actually people see, see this as a legitimate thing again? So in my mind... Everything is connected to price. This is just how people work. This is um, and um, I, uh, if if I would need to make a prediction, gone to my head, um, I would say end of Q1, end of Q2, that we kind of go into the direction of a bottom. It all depends, of course, on macroeconomic factors like you know the Fed, but it's it's a realistic time horizon. Let's say super end of Q1 or beginning of Q2 ish that we see a bottom, not really a recovery in price, but it can take from there on, it could take a year, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more uh, for price to start rising again. And not in the beginning, people will still, uh, they will see disbelief. It's going to be disbelief. Oh, it's just a, it's just a, a, a soccer rally. Uh, this, is not, this rally doesn't have legs. And it's probably going to take another six months uh, for the public, for the media, for everybody to mm. pick it up and say, oh, maybe this is real. Maybe there is some le something left over. Maybe this has legs. And then we are going to all go all over again uh, into the next cycle. And I have some theories what the next big thing uh, might be. You know, we had NFTs and Metaverse and Web3 um, the last cycle, meme coins. Uh, I have a few ideas on, on what, what, what's, uh, what could be next. Um, what, I don't know. What, what do you think? Identity. Uh, I'm 100% sure that the next narrative for, for a lot of chains and a lot of blockchains uh, is going to be identity. Uh, uh, and in cooperation with some governments, maybe, maybe not, but the, uh, I could definitely foresee... Vitalik talked about that a lot, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people, especially in the Ethereum community, it's definitely something that's discussed very vividly. Uh, there is not really projects on, or solutions yet on how to do this, but there's a lot of people working on it and uh, it's a big market. Um, so I could definitely see the, the market trending in that direction. Uh, what about you? What, when do you think we could see a trend change? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I actually believe we're going to see a trend change from now, probably on already, where I, I would be surprised if we're seeing such strong downward pressure as we've seen this year. I would be really surprised. To me, that would only be possible if we see another massive contagion uh, I don't know, maybe Genesis cannot get resolved or, I don't know, uh, there's some other thing that's just super incredible. That's, that's just very crazy. Uh, but from an entire economy perspective, I just think it's going to be difficult to pump. But I think it's going to be unlikely at the moment that we're going to dump. Um, so I, I think we're going to see a trend change there. And that trend change is going to be super boring. I think people are going get, to get frustrated. They forgot about how freaking boring crypto can be. Right when you look in and there's just not much happening and there's a little bit down and it goes up and you get excited but the sell off it, it gets sold off right away so basically just like last week I mean, all these things right you get, you get close to eighteen thousand you start hoping and then bam it drops like six seven percent and you're down again so um, I, I I think that trend cha trend change is here and um, I. I I don't think we're going to see, uh, we discussed this last week with uh, Chicken Genius and Glenn. I, I don't see that um, markets in general uh, are going to go up until either the Fed goes and goes really, takes out the bazooka and does quantitative easing, or I think we just need to kind of have this cleanup. And then 2024, I think that's when we're going to be constructive again, to be honest. Yeah. You, you made a, a fun prediction. I don't think it was on a super serious note, but I actually think it has some legitimacy. You said uh, last year or, or in 2020, 2020, we pumped on the 1st of April and you said uh, uh, next year, for, uh, 1st of April, mark the date. And I actually think that uh, it's right about in the time frame that uh, a bottom or, or a trend change could happen. Uh, so let, let's see. Yeah, I, I just want to say one thing on that tweet. I actually believe this tweet is 100% going to happen. I just tell you, I just tell you one thing, you need to read that tweet carefully. And 
I, I think when, when I say the word pump, uh, people instantly have their own opinion, right? Um, but yeah, uh, whatever's pumping can be a lot of things, right? So just kind of keep that a bit in mind. Uh, playing the lawyer here, right? So uh, I, I, I'm 100% confident uh, something is pumping on the 2nd of April, but uh, yeah, uh, people interpret their own kind of stuff in there. But again, uh, in 2019, crypto actually pumped on the 2nd of April, 2019. So let's see uh, what's pumping <laughs> on uh, April 2nd in 2023. Yeah. Um, villains, uh, 2022. Um, I mean, I think there's a couple of very obvious ones. Uh, I don't know, cover a couple of the obvious ones. Uh, but then I don't know if maybe you have some that you really feel um, did a bit of a disservice. And again, I, I'm going to have someone. Um, and, and I, I think I've voiced that several times, uh, but, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? So I'm just going to throw some names, uh, Jay Paul, uh, Christine Lagarde, so central banks, Do Kwan, SBF, um, and maybe, um, yeah, probably those four, uh, that affected us the most. Elizabeth Warren, um, yeah. Uh, so uh, politicians, central bankers, and maybe bad actors within the crypto space. Uh, uh, what about you? No, I 100% agree with you. I think these names, I have a massive issue. And, and it's not a specific coin now, but I'm, I'm, I have a massive issue about anyone that is pushing people into going all in or even leveraging in order to go into an investment, right? And there, that's to me even sailor where I have an issue with because... Um, I think that's absolutely destructive for people's wealth. Um, never leverage, right? I think never invest more than you have. And, and yeah, going all in into anything, I think is just super dangerous. And so I actually feel these have been some of the major villains. I, I don't think Sailor is a, is a net negative. I think he's a net positive for crypto. But I think he has, I think him pushing people into going all in in Bitcoin or leveraging and kind of taking out a loan something it's just really, really dangerous for a lot of people, right? And and I think and, and you see this a lot, but you see this in all the coins, right? It it, it, it and, and to me, that's you, you see influencers do this, and that to me is the the kind of the, the stereotype. Because let's be one hundred percent like breaking this down to to one fundamental thing, right? Um, the so I I, I used to do like uh, when 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 we had like get-togethers or seminars and so on. I played a uh, a game with uh, with balls. So there's uh, white and black balls. And people knew that there was a ratio of those balls. For example, it was five black balls and five white balls. And we would, uh, you, you could bet money and then someone would put into that, would grab into that bag and then pull out. And then when they pulled out, it was a white ball, you doubled your bet. And if you pulled out a black ball, you lost the money. And so there was actually a very strategic way to play that game, right? And so it taught you a lot about investing. It was one of the best investment games that I've ever kind of learned because it, it, it was and it, it was so, it, you could do a lot of things. Like you could basically uh, remove all the, like you said that there's five balls in there. You had someone check, but then there was actually no black, uh, no white balls in there. So it was only black balls. And so the lesson there is, you know, uh, unless you have verified the investment yourself, don't trust someone else talking about an investment, right? And so there's so many great lessons. Um, but the biggest lesson in there is just that when people start losing money, they tend to double down or they, they tend to go all in. And the lesson has always been like, just like in life, you have to survive. And it's the same as investing. And when you leverage, then you just get liquidated. There's nothing left, right? And so if you have no more bullets, there's nothing you can do. And, I, and, and that to me is just, yeah. I've seen this in, in, in the stock market this year. I've seen this with influencers. I've seen this with, yeah, people who are just so religious about their investment that they said, you need to go all in on this, leverage on this. Um, and I think to me, that has actually really, really hurt a lot of people. Because otherwise, sure, if you're diversified, you're probably down, I don't know, 40% if you're, if you're diversified, right? Probably down 40% or something. Not the end of the world. I mean, you have been up massively over the last two years, right? So you, you, you're probably going to do really well. So I think that to me is just, uh, um, and I, I just hope people kind of reflect a bit on that, who they listen to and, um, and, and just become a bit smarter about their investment decisions. Um, but I agree. I mean, the, I agree with your names 100%.
So on the, we we actually had an internal conversation, I think, on Monday morning where we sh where we briefly touched on influencers, and I would put most of the influencers in the category of villains because you can could really see there there were so many people that were consistently shilling leveraged platforms and yeah. urging people to trade. Uh, and uh, I, I, you know, there, the statistics on that are, are fairly clear, like 80% or more of the people that participate in these casinos, uh, they, they go, they leave the table with less money than they came in. It's the same as in a casino, the house always wins. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely not a good year for, for a lot of influencers. There were a few uh, great ones that haven't been shilling uh, cr like crazy. But um, what about um, heroes? Uh, you have any heroes uh, or, or any any like actual forces for good? I I actually think a couple. I I do think. I mean, look. I think Ethereum had um, a, a massive kind of push forward in in twenty twenty two. I think a lot of the um, Ethereum engineers. I think they did really well. I think on a wider range, all the engineers who just kind of had their head down and just really built stuff and shipped stuff. I think. Um, these are definitely the unsung heroes. Um, I think Jesse from Kraken, I think he really kind of stepped up and is doing, um, yeah, I, I think definitely really some great work. Um, I think Eric Voorhees um, has done really kind of great pushback to on a lot of things. So, um, and then, I mean, you know, you know me, I, I like people like uh, Uri Wertheimer, right, who come out of, a, I don't know, out of, who really want Bitcoin to succeed. And who just call out when people are not intellectually honest. And I just really appreciate that. They, these people getting a lot of shit. They're getting attacked like crazy. Um, yeah. And and I think that's these are the unsung heroes a bit. Um, and I think we tend to forget probably in 2022 how, um, yeah, there was, there was actually a lot of progress. It's just that it got so overshadowed by so many bullshit things. Yeah. Uh, what about for you? Yeah, Eric Four. He's definitely uh, he's he's. Uh, I, I'm following very closely what he does. Uh, I really really like him. How how he he's very intelligent and and very. Uh, he has a great approach. How he approaches conflict and discussion is. Um, I really admire his his approach, uh, and I, I wish I could do the same. Uh, but um, for me, uh, Jack um, mm. Jack Dorothy. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like it's it's a little bit twisted with him, but he sees certain things happening. He was really, I, I guess, unhappy as the CEO of Twitter. Uh, he stepped down. He's doing other things now. He's really venturing into Bitcoin, into Bitcoin mining, and he wants to double down on Cash App. And now he's doing Noster. Um, so I'm, I'm following what he does, and and I think he he has a great he has great values. He doesn't want like he stands for he's a thing a force for good. Uh, at least he tries to be. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, and I would say the same thing is true for Elon. And especially... I wanted to ask that. I want to ask. So my question would have been, Elon, after all is said and done, do you think he's going to go down as 2022, him being good or him having been uh, bad? How? What, what do you think? So he... he like you... you, you, you shared this um there's a youtube video a speech from teddy roosevelt uh the man in the arena and it, it's it's so true for elon like he stands there he stands up for what he's believing in he he really is on the forefront he does the work he, he he's not afraid of taking risks and he makes mistakes uh, a lot of them uh, and the, the whole world whole world is watching like especially now with twitter and oh my god like if you are the head of Twitter and making these decision on who to censor and what to moderate and what is good and what is bad, you're going to make mistakes. And he's such a, like how he, like, I don't agree with a lot of things that he said and a lot of things that he done, but what he's, he's uh, very transparent about the decisions that he takes. If he made a mistake, he's backpedaling and he says, okay, maybe that was a wrong uh, thing. And I I'm, I'm trying to do this or I'm trying to do that. So he's trying trying to figure these things out, and if people cannot see that this is an admirable approach, that this is actually somebody that wants to be good and do good and makes mistakes along the way, um, look, I'm, I'm I feel sorry for all the people that don't value what Elon does because he he is a force for good. At least he tries to be, and nobody's perfect. And uh, yeah, so I definitely he, he's a for like I hate what he's done with Dogecoin and that he's shilling that and, and, and all of that. I, I don't like that at all. And also the two days ago or three days ago is the, the, the moderation that you cannot 
post links to other socials on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't understand how how he why these things happen, but uh, I guess it's more good than bad. Do you um, think? Do you think his uh, poll on on him stepping down as CEO? Do you think he's actually going to follow up on that? And then do you think? Let, let, answer that first, and then uh, let's see if you have, if, if there's a follow up there. So today he actually replied to a few tweets. One was from Kim.com and one was from, uh, I don't remember the other one, but where they said uh, that the like and voting participation was um, uh, very off. So he did the same poll for Trump and uh, there were less participators and more likes um, in a big ratio. So that, And somebody pointed this out to him and he said, interesting, and Kim.com, he said, Hey, uh, Elon, you're probably the most hated man by the deep state, conspiracy theory. Um, and um, uh, th these are all bots. Um, clean up the bot first and do the poll again or do one year of work and then do the poll, poll again. Um, I wish Elon would stay. Um, I don't know if he's going to follow up. Uh, he, he might do another poll or another twist to the poll, uh, just to be sure. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. What what do you think? I I wish I really wish he would uh, step down as the CEO of Twitter and um, add someone there that he trusts, who who really cares, um, who is gonna have an iron fist and is gonna just run that ship. Um, who is not gonna? I, I think the the issue Elon has is he thrives on. He thrives off that adversity and he thrives off, off, off being on there. And, and he just needs that. And I think what Twitter needs right now is it needs someone to go in and just be super numbers driven, is not going to be public facing, is just there and just executes and executes. There's no distraction. Um, is, yeah, and, and just brutally ask, executes, right? And it's purely numbers driven. Um, I think that's what it needs. And I think Elon is, um, yeah, he just, he, he just thrives too much of that drama. And I think that's not good. And, and then, sure, I mean, I, I really think that Twitter is an absolute essential kind of I, like concept today or, or, or platform today for uh, exchanging ideas. I think it's absolutely essential. Um, however, I really feel it's easier to find someone to run Twitter than to run SpaceX or to run Tesla. And, uh, and, and I think that's just so much harder. And so for that reason, I really just hope that he did that poll because he already has someone that is going to take that role. And he basically knew the outcome. And just like he knew the outcomes in the past where um, he had, where he said, hey, uh, should I pay taxes or something? I can't remember. And then I'm going to sell the, the stock. And so... I just see this. I mean, Simon here says, for example, I could see Lex Friedman as the CEO. Um, to be honest, Simon, I couldn't see this at all. Uh, Lex has zero. Like, he's an amazing podcaster. He's an amazing interviewer. But it, it's a completely different skill set, right? To run a business of what does, what does Twitter have? 2,000, 2,500 employees um, and, 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 and just be ruthless in there as a CEO. And, and I think it's a completely different thing than... Um, yeah, basically having a one-man show where it's really about asking the best questions. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would hope, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that I, I think personally he took, I, and I completely understand this. I mean, I think he took it super personal that people were chasing after his family and they chased after his kid. And I think that like stalkers being on this kid's car, I, I completely understand that like a hundred percent. Yeah. But that then spiraled out of control to many, many other things where he was like, you know what guys, like you're bullshitting me all the time. Like, okay, let me show you who, how powerful I am. Right. And, and yeah, like he's the man in the arena. Like he's probably the man in the arena in the entire world right now. I'm not sure there's, anyone else who is so much in the spotlight, who's actually delivering, who's executing, who's building, who is selling, 
who is doing all this stuff, who's making the hard decisions. Um, yeah, if, if I would have one advice for him, I would probably tell him and say, like, Elon, you probably can judge it the best. Which of those three companies is the hardest to lead? Which one is the second hardest? Which one is the easiest? It seems you're capable of doing two companies. Um, I doubt you can do three. So be honest to yourself, which one is the one that's the hardest to find someone else and replace yourself in that third one. And I would assume it's Twitter. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, to me, Twitter sounds a simpler problem um, if you're just taking the emotions away. And, and, um, and, and I think that's just the harder part. And especially with Elon at the reins, it's the harder part because whatever Elon does, it becomes emotional. And just because whatever he does, it doesn't matter. He can say A and 50% are just going to say, oh, you fucking liar. It's definitely not A. And it doesn't matter. Like, so that's just, I, I don't know. Well, comments. Yeah, um, for, for, I'm, I'm a, an active Twitter user. So uh, the, the decisions that he makes uh, kind of affect me directly. Um, and I really, I, I don't enjoy other social platforms. Um, I, you know, if I look at my screen time, I have maybe three or five minutes on Instagram. I, oh, sometimes I open it, I don't know why. And then I scroll like for 10 seconds and I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? Uh, and the same I have with Facebook. They, they kind of have that way that they always find some notification to send me. I deactivated all my notifications, but I always have this one uh, red uh, dot. And I'm super, uh, uh, I don't know, I have a little bit of OCD. I don't want these red dots. So I always open it up. Then I say, remove these notifications. I don't want this notification. And then the next day I get something else. Um, so uh, yeah, but I, I don't enjoy using other social platforms. I enjoy using Twitter. I think it's, uh, it's absolutely in my mind the best social platform uh but it has it has issues um and i i, I really 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 would love to see elon uh fixing addressing them um i think he might be able to find somebody that could do that for him i also think that lex freedom is probably not the guy uh, and that is probably also i have i don't like lex uh, he's too much all oh, feel the love and uh spread the love and um it's not, <laughs> oh, not personal style <laughs> no no it's not it's not my style i i like you know um people that are very confronting and people that are very challenging and he always like he takes such a long time to ask a question and 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 and, and makes sure that he steps on nobody's toes first and um he's a great podcaster and i watch his podcast but every time he speaks i'm like oh come on uh, just finish <laughs> finish the question um yeah but yeah, maybe we can use uh, the a little bit of time to jump into cake topics. I'm not sure. Oh, a hundred percent. What? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, did we talk about? Did we talk about achievements? Like, did we talk about the successes of 2022? I want to finish those. Then we can talk about cake. Um, I, I don't think we did. Can we talk about like what were the successful things in 2022? Like. Was it all just bad or did we see some successes? Um, I definitely think we saw some successes. So like if you just put the bad things aside, um, is so Bitcoin in specific and also crypto, I would count Ethereum uh, in there as well. But uh, the brand recognition and uh, it's crazy. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody has heard of it. Uh, um, Politicians are talking about it. Countries are adopting it. Big institutions are uh, um, having an eye on it. It's 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 in in the media on on, on uh, big TV shows almost daily. So that's good. Attention. Uh, you you said it a lot. Attention is always a good thing, uh, even if it's bad publicity. Is bad publicity is also good publicity. Um, so that and I would you know it, it's. It's hard to distinguish, but if you uh, it, and it depends on the viewpoint. Um, it was super bad that BlockFi and Celsius and FTX, uh, what happened to them and how they managed business. Um, but uh, as sad as I am for everybody that uh, lost money there, it's also very good for us as, as Cake as a company. Yeah. Uh, be, uh, and it, this is a competing industry and. Uh, 
it's nice to sing Kumbaya and hold hands, but at the end of the day, um, these were competitors and they are gone, um, which puts Cake in a very, very strong position. It's practically the last man standing and we kind of have our, our shit together and a great start for as soon as the trend changes. Um, so I guess what is a great achievement from us as a company or, or for me personally, because I'm, I'm working for a company is um, we kind of stood strong and uh, had great risk management, made great decisions. Some of them were a bit lucky. Others were just good preparation. Uh, we have a great, yeah, um, that's probably what, what I would say is the biggest um, achievement. Agree. And I think that focus now that, I mean, Yusin said this so many times where he said, you know, in 2019, no one cared about transparency and now it's so key. And, and we've always tried to put a strong emphasis on that. And so um, I actually think, and, and we're not doing this just because we want to do something that others are not. We're doing it because we believe that this is where a majority of the value comes from, from, from customers. And I mean, at the end, that's what blockchain is about. Blockchain is really about being able to see these things for yourself. So yeah, sure, you can trust, but you can also just go and say, hey, let me, let me verify that myself. And I think that's going to be a key kind of uh, theme forward. And I think that's a big success. So um, yeah, what, what else stands out for you in 2022 for you at, uh, at Cake? Um, we, we, so I think our senior human resources Mm, guy Al, he shared that a week ago or so, uh, and it's pretty mind blowing. But we hired more than 100 people, I think 101, 102, mm -hmm. yeah, something a little bit like over that. 100, yep. A little bit over 100. And um, it's crazy to see where we came from. Um, because I, when I joined the company, I think it was a dozen uh, people um, at the company, and uh, things were very, very different. And um, so the first part of the year in 2020 was in how I experienced it. It was super messy uh, internally because so many new people came in and they kind of need their time to adjust, to learn the ecosystem, to learn a company, to learn a culture, to connect with other people. And this was a messy time. Um, and you, our customers could see that as well, especially in March and in April, we had these issues, for example, with the reward dashboard and the performance of the website and all of them, they, they're, 100% resolved, uh, but it took time to to get us there. And uh, I, uh, on, on on my side, from from a community perspective, I have a lot of overlap with product management and tech side. So I pass forward all the feedback that your guys are are, are leaving on Twitter, on Telegram, on Reddit, and I try to to put to give that forward to the right places. And our product managers, they had a very very challenging year. Uh, it was a completely new team. Um, and they only had very few time to, to come in and adjust. Um, so what one of the greatest achievements, I would probably say those guys did the best out of the teams that I um, have overlap with. Um, um, yeah, so I would definitely say we, we have that, uh, it, not 100%, of course, never 100%, but 80% of product management is uh, set up really, really well, and, and, and things are... Uh, also, because I know for a fact that you set some pressures, like you really, I will, I want to have timelines. I want to know how, I want to know when. Um, and yeah, so we, that we have that going. Um, what do you think? You have a much no, better overview. I actually 100% agree. I think obviously two things. On the one hand, that we are in a really, really strong financial position that we have um, made great decision making on, on how the company is positioned from products, from financials and so on. But I agree. I think if I would have to highlight one thing, um, in my past company, we like I was ousted when we had 80 employees. And so that was kind of my experience. And so kind of seeing this year going from, yeah, like 60 to 160, um, obviously put me out of my comfort zone massively because suddenly it was really, um, at 80 people, it's, it's doable that you know everyone in the company. And now with 160, sometimes it's really like, I see someone, I'm like, I have no idea if you actually work at this company. Um, I've, I've never seen you. I don't know what you do, right? And then that's like, wow, okay. And, and it was such a crazy reminder this year how important the culture is. And a couple of things there, right? I mean, I am now doing lunches with everyone who passes probation so that I still stay in touch with 
everyone that's in this company. It's, it's hard, but I want to do it, right? Because that was such a strong reminder because I was like, wow, there's really people I have no idea who you are. And, and, and that culture, and then I don't think we've done a perfect job, but I think we've done a good job in mixing that old scrappiness that we had as a startup and bringing in professionals who have been in the field for a long time and who bring structure in place and just kind of merge that together. I think we, not, not in every role and not in every department, we've done a perfect job. Some roles we had to replace, but then in others, it, it's just been amazing. I mean, one example, Glenn on the upside, right? Coming in and just bringing a lot of seniority. I, I think that's been uh, really good. I think on now with Alex on the marketing side, I mean, it's still relatively new, but I mean, it looks really, really good there as well. Um, on the product side, Mike on design, um, um, Roger on engineering. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of people who are who are very senior and who come in, and this is very difficult for a company to to accept that and tolerate that, not to mess up the culture. I I really think that's probably the yeah that that part that I actually think I'm the proudest of. Yeah, and I guess especially culture wise, it's going to probably continue to be challenging. Um, uh, scaling is messy, um, and uh, for me, it's the first time that I uh, I work like probably for almost all of us. Uh, how many times uh, can you ha can you experience being part of a company that grows from uh, just a handful or a few dozen people to a full fledged company with one hundred more than one hundred and sixty employees? I guess very little people have um, lived through uh, through through this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about next year because, uh, I, I really feel that we couldn't, um, get the whole horsepower, um, onto the street. So it, it's there, uh, um, and it's working and it's working better and better, but it was not that we could, like, we got these hires in, especially mm -hmm. the people you just mentioned, but we haven't had the, the moment where every, uh, um, uh, every wheel is perfectly intertwined with every other wheel and the full yeah. horsepower is delivered onto the road. Um, but I, I really have a feeling that this could be possible next year. For me, the, the toughest part, I shared this also during Town Hall. I want to share this here as well. I think for me, the toughest part was... Um, I, I really, for me, the, the Q1 was not tough. Q2, I mean, Luna and all this stuff. I mean, it was just crazy, but it was not tough. For me, the real tough part was Q3 um, when we started turning cash flow negative, not big, but like slightly cash flow negative. And I, for the very first time in a long time in a business, had to really kind of cut cost, cut expenses, custom budget, say no 99% of the times where, you know, a year ago, everything was yes, yes, let's do it. Go bigger, go crazier. Um, all in, like, let's go. And now it's really like, hey, we really have to kind of turn every dollar um, in, in, in Chinese or in Singapore. And there's this word called kiam, and people always call me kiam, uh, which basically means that, yeah, a penny pincher, right? And I, I'm really, really, really um, tight on the budget. And this is so hard. It's really, really difficult. Um, because it's frustrating because like I think as an entrepreneur, you always want to get stuff done and you always try to say, you know what, let's not focus on the expenses. Let's focus on making more money than the expenses take care of themselves. And I really felt that was so, so tough. And um, I even had team members who said, why are you so angry at the moment like with things? And it was really because I just ha had to get up in the morning and I knew that I was going to get asked 25 things today and I had to say no to 25 things, even though I would have thought, you know, under a different ecosystem, different market environment, they would have been great ideas. And yeah, this I, I felt there was, for me also personally, it was such a humongous learning in Q3 because um, I really, I never had to do that in, in, like I obviously had to do this in a on a small scale when we started out, but that was just really, really tough. And and at the end, that allowed us not having to, to do any, uh, mass firings like these other companies did. We 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 were really strict on the performance reviews with people and and made sure that uh, people just deliver and and if they're slacking that hey look it's not the market environment right now to be slacking and um, but I, I felt there was um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I felt that was really tough. I don't know how you experienced that, but for me, from a CEO point, I felt that was really hard. Um, I don't know. How was it from you from the community side? I, I assume for you, it's those really crazy moments when it's just going crazy, but I don't know uh, how this was for you. So the, the hardest time... Um, uh, so I have became a community manager at Cake in uh, mid-2020. And this was a time in the market where things were pretty stable. Uh, we, we just had... Uh, uh, COVID crash and we went into the summer and was mostly positive summer and at the end of the year it, things really started to pick off so it was an easy time um, and the first time things got challenging on a community side um, of course we had these dips but everybody was bullish and everybody think okay we're still in a bull market by the dip and uh, everything's great um, but this hope kind of started to disappear end of August September October um, and I could really see, especially these three months were the most challenging months uh, in my time at Cake. I also, it got really personal to me because you have so much exposure when you're a lot on social media and a lot on Telegram. You see all uh, so many emotional people, frustrated, negative, blaming um, you, me, the company, other people. Uh, I got so many hateful uh, messages of people that said, oh, you are the reason why I lost uh, money or uh, wh whatever. Um, and a, a kind of a, a capitul capitulation uh, in a broader cryptocurrency market, also within our own community. Um, and what, what really changed was maybe a month ago or maybe two months ago. Right now, we when we go... When you go and read the comments underneath a tweet or when you go into a Twitter space or um, in the comment section of a YouTube video uh, or in Telegram, things are so constructive right now. So, you know, all the, the negative people, I would say the mercenaries, the people that were just here to make a quick buck, they never really followed the, prog the progress of the project. They were just here, okay, 10x, 100x, easy, let's go with some money in and I will be uh, out in a, in a few months. Uh, these people are gone. Um, and um, the, 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 the people that are still left, uh, I would say, are, are the hardcore believers, you know, the people that, yeah. that spend time and energy to learn about projects, to learn about the space, that have read the book, that are personally involved in building something. And um, it's a lot easier to do community management right now, both on the volume side and on the sentiment side. But the, the, those three months in August, September and October, they were uh, heavy for me, especially uh, late August, beginning of September. I was very fortunate to have a nine day, 10 day vacation during the time. And I really needed it. I was really burned out and uh, the, the frustration and negativity uh, really got to me on a personal level. Um, so I would say that mm -hmm. was the challenge, most challenging uh, time. Uh, yeah. What do you feel as an organization um, we should double down on like because this is something we've done already really well and we should double down on what are things for next year um that we have to step up a notch uh improve um do better um so from the beginning we we had the uh, cake was started on the principles of uh, transparency and back then i guess we were two years too early for that uh nobody was thinking that this was important in 2020. But now everybody thinks that this is important. Um, and I think we're doing a great job with uh, uh, our proof of reserves, our transparency, our transparency page, uh, the reports and everything uh, around the surrounding that. And we kind of, it's not that we need to double down on that. We just need to continue doing that uh, and uh, providing the transparency that the uh, customers deserve. Um, <clears throat> the thing that I personally feel we need to step up is, and, um, uh, so I would call that providing a flawless operation. Um, and with flawless, I mean, there are certain inny mini things uh, mm -hmm. on the website. Uh, for example, we, we have this 12-hour reward schedule. So um, on the website, you can see, uh, we, we say that this is an average and, and, and so on. But sometimes, uh, as customers know that have been with us for two years, um, sometimes a reward cycle is skipped. It's not that... Anybody never lost any rewards with us, but sometimes we skip one and then you get double the next time. Um, and um, But a flawless operation would be that there is never a skipped reward cycle, that there is never an issue with an email that is maybe... Um, so we had emails that didn't went out um, on, on the day that users were expecting them to go out. Um, and especially for me on the community side, the, a flawless operation would be the thing that I would love the most because... 
then you never have people complaining about something. Um, so uh, we, 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 we have some potential in stepping our game up. Like uh, just to reiterate that, uh, we never lost a single cent of customer funds. Uh, it's not that this is what I'm talking about. It's just some minor details with that an email didn't went out yeah. every Monday on three o'clock and people were kind of expecting to receive that email. Um, things like that. No, 100% agree. I, yeah, I, I, I really 100% agree. I think a couple of things where um, we definitely going to double down on, I think um, everything when it comes to referral program, people really love that. And I think that works really well. It works for us. It works for, for people. I think that's been really good. Doubling down on the transparency part, we're going to focus so much on that and we're going to focus more and more and more on that. Um, I, I think that's going to be a key and I agree, I think on the improvement, I think one thing we definitely have to do in 2023 is um, kind of revamp the entire user experience because a lot of the products, they just got stacked on top of each other. At some point, it gets like quite messy for a customer. Like, where's this now and why is this there? And, and so just to make this super clean, super easy, I think that's going to be, um, yeah, really, really important. And then, um, yeah, I... Uh, we discussed this before. It's like being scrappy again, understanding that, yeah, it's like almost like day zero again. Like everything's up for grabs now. Um, there's very few companies that are left and those are going to be fighting for the pie. And yeah, um, I think it's, uh, being scrappy, I think that's, yeah, at least for me. Maybe with the last few minutes uh, we have left, um, we there's a few exciting things. Uh, some of you uh, know about them, but... Uh, we are in the process of implementing um, other, other ecosystems and we're going to uh, share updates on that very, very soon. Um, and there is one thing um, that's personally important to me. Um, so a lot of, we got a lot of feedback that um, not everybody's happy with using Telegram and Reddit. So a lot of people were asking to kind of, uh, uh, for us to extend our offerings uh, when it comes to community tools. Uh, and we're going to do, going to do that uh, tomorrow. We're going live uh, with Discord, um, and it's similar to Reddit. It's similar to Telegram. Just you know, slightly different. Uh, Discord has a few perks that other platforms don't have. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us there, a lot of Cake employees are there. It's moderated. We have off 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 topic channels. Um, uh, we have channels in multiple languages. Um, and shout out to uh, Ewald and Firat here. Uh, they, they did exceptional work in testing this thing and setting this thing up. Uh, we have a lot of bots that uh, provide price feeds and, and, and other things. It's, it's really nice. Uh, more information about that within the next 24 hours. Cool. Yeah, I think people are going to appreciate that. Uh, a lot of people have been waiting for that. Yeah. Um, cool. Nice uh, review episode. Uh, I think people are going to appreciate that um anything else fabio from your side that we need to add maybe from a schedule a little um so yeah. housekeeping. Um, housekeeping we have uh, we have that twitter space today and this is the last twitter space of 2022 uh we're gonna have two weeks so this is the 27th and the third uh we're gonna skip both of them and then within the first week of the new year, uh, second week of the new year, so this is week from 9 to 15 of January, uh, we haven't confirmed the date yet. Uh, there is a chance that the Twitter space is going to happen on Wednesday, maybe on Thursday. We, we, we're not 100% sure, but we will start off the new year in that week, both internally and externally, um, with, with like a kickoff and uh, um, yeah, plans and uh, preview for the new year. Um, yeah. That's from a housekeeping uh, perspective. Yeah. Also, um, we have uh, we're gonna slow down uh, a little bit on the community side. Uh, so you probably will understand our moderators. We have a, like around twenty moderators that help out in all different kind of languages, and they're twenty four seven, three sixty five. If you if you place a question, you will have an answer within five minutes. Uh, but we want to give them their much-needed holidays as well. So on festive days, on holiday days, like the 24th, 25th, and 26th, as well as the 31st, uh, we are going to have a, a slow mode and night mode where we close down the channel for like 12 hours, uh, just so uh, you know that everybody can spend time with family and friends. Uh, 100%. Well-deserved, yeah. And of course, I mean, I also hope that you understand that maybe withdrawals uh, during public holidays or something may take an hour or something longer. 
Um, we always try to stay within all the limits and pro process everything as fast as possible. But I do hope that you have a little bit of understanding uh, there as well. But I think that's that should be kind of uh, pretty straightforward. Cool. Um, great, Fabio. With that, uh, I think Merry Christmas to everyone. And happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating. Um, key then, obviously, Happy New Year. Um, 2022 was crazy. Uh, I think uh, we're all glad it's over and uh, we're starting a fresh new year in 2023. It's clean slate. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a key thing. Oh, let there be a green candle in 2023. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's definitely going to be a red one for 2022. But uh, I'm fairly hopeful that, <laughs> that it's would be very surprising now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Cool. Cool. Let's make a one final prediction. Uh, what's gonna be the the thousand number for Bitcoin? So, um, what what's what's the first two digits uh, of Bitcoin? Uh, like really UTC thirty first uh, January going into the first of Jan. What's the what's the so first this year or next year? No, no, this year. Oh, okay. Not, yeah. No, no, we're going to do 2023. We're going to do a, uh, another one. But where do you think? So right now it's 16. So what's going to be the numbers? Mm, let me say 18. 18? Really? You're bullish. Oh, wow. It's short-term bullish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm expecting actually... lower prices in Q1, okay. but... I actually think 15. 15. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so slightly, but like, I'm slightly down. Yeah, it's like, okay. Let's see, let's see. Cool. Great. Everyone, love you all. Thank you so much for the great support. Thanks so much for being our customers, staying in control of your financial destiny. And uh, yeah, 2022 was crazy. 2023 will be way better. So all the best. Thank you. Enjoy the time with your family and your loved ones. Fabio, thanks so much for this exciting year was a great uh, yeah, uh, show here as well. And uh, with that, let's close up 2022. See you in the new year. Thanks so much, everyone. I appreciate it. Thank you.